Earlier this year, Vincento Cruppi was charged with the murder of Joseph Pino Aquario, aged 54. Now, Pino was shot dead as he left his Brunswick East gelato shop, gelato bar, in the early hours of the 15th of March 2016. And as the police and the prosecutors assembled the evidence against Kruppi, all that they had really of substance was some CCTV footage of someone that could be Kruppi, but uh, this person was hanging around the crime scene on the night of the murder and a few days before. And this footage is kind of grainy. It's not clear. You can't see the person's face. It doesn't have any identifying other features. And so part of this trial that's underway at the moment is asking the question, can you tell who the person is by how they walk? This, there is a science, or for some, a pseudoscience of what's called forensic gait analysis. And what forensic gait analysis is all about is identifying a person's walk, their style of walk, the way they walk, and then identifying that with, say, something like a CCTV footage. Um, because people have different types of walks. People have different types of sneezes. You know, you can often tell someone that you know well just by their sneeze. And you can also, you know, see the outline of perhaps someone that you're quite close to. You don't only recognise their clothes, their voice, but you, you also recognise the way that they walk. Some of us walk a little slower than others. Some of us have different ways in which we move our body as we walk. And you can tell who a person is often by the way they walk. And this is what Paul has in mind. He says that, in fact, you can identify a Christian by the way they walk. And what Paul's going to help us do in just these two verses is he's going to show us uh, the kind of Christian walk, the kind of way a Christian walk that the kind of way a Christian walk walks that allow, allows them to grow. Uh, it's a bit tricky to see, but if you have a look in there, look there in verse 6, you'll see what I'm talking about. Because he says there in verse 6, So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him. But the word that he actually uses for live in him is the word for walk. And some translations do translate it as continue to walk in him. So I want to think about just these two verses this morning in three ways. It's a Christian walk of firstly reception, it's a Christian walk of growth, and it's a Christian walk of thankfulness. Because the Apostle Paul is concerned for this group of Christians that he's writing to, this group of Christians in Colossae. Um, in the previous verses, we saw in chapter 2, verse 4, that he's concerned that they not be deceived by fine-sounding arguments. This group of people has come into the church that's been set up through one of Paul's converts, Epaphras. He's taken the message back to his hometown of Colossae, but now on top of the message that Epaphras has brought to them have crept in these false teachers. 
bringing another message, bringing a different gospel. And Paul wants to help these Christians see that what they have in Jesus, as we've seen over the last couple of weeks, what they have in Jesus is enough. So firstly, we see that it's a walk of reception. And you notice it's a walk. It's, it's not a dance. A walk is a very personal thing. It's something that you acquire yourself. Uh, it's something that you have to learn, but your walk is personal. A, a dance is something that you have to create and curate. But verse 6 reminds us that just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, reminds us that this walk is one that we've not made up, It's not a walk that's created. It's a walk that you receive. The Colossians didn't make this walk up. The false teachers are making a walk up. These false teachers are seeking to undermine the faith of these Christians in Colossae. They're making things up. But the Colossians, when they first heard this message of the gospel, they heard a message that they received. And receiving here is more than just accepting Christ. Receiving here has the sense that they are to submit to all that was given to them as they first heard the gospel. And you also see there in verse 7 that they are to be strengthened in the faith as they were taught. So Paul's encouraging them to receive what they first had, to Keep going in what they were taught, verse 7. And so to continue to live in him. Paul's point here is just as you started, just as you received this word, that is in fact how you, how you will grow. The pattern of Christian growth is that there is no next level beyond the Lord Jesus. And perhaps it was that these false teachers were trying to deceive the Colossians by, by appealing to their sense of not being enough, that, that perhaps they did trust in Jesus, but they needed something more. But the apostle here is taking them back to the foundation, that which, they ver- that, that which they accepted in the first place, he's saying is enough. And if they want to grow as Christians, they don't need to walk away from Jesus, they need to walk with him. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, keep going, the apostle Paul is saying. Christ Jesus is Lord. That's the key here. In Paul's mind. And yet I wonder if for those Colossians when they first heard the gospel, if their response might be similar to ours. Yes, I know that Christ Jesus is Lord. But tell me the next bit. Tell me the important things. But in Paul's mind, this is as simple as you can get. This is as important as you can get, that Christ Jesus is Lord. That's what they first trusted in. That was the truth, the foundational reality that brought them to faith. And the Apostle Paul is saying, you can't move past that 
foundational reality. If Christ Jesus is your Lord, you can face anything. See, we come to church because we want to walk with the Lord Jesus. And yet, we know that in our lives we discover levels of weakness and failure and that's distressing to many of us. And we can be tempted to think, well, well, what's next? I mean, I know that Christ Jesus is Lord. Yeah, I know that, but I'm struggling. And so what, what extra can you give me beyond you know, something like Christ Jesus as Lord? Am I all I have and all I have to fall back on? Now, the Apostle Paul is encouraging us this morning, as he did those in that Colossian church, that here is a simple but powerful truth, that Christ Jesus is Lord. And that this is a truth that, that grows Christians. This is a truth that grounds Christians. This is a truth that strengthens Christians. This is a truth that helps you walk into the future. Not only in spite of your sins, but a future that is even better because of your sin. Because Christ Jesus is Lord. Jesus is that true. He is that good. He is that kind. And he is that powerful. See, you might have become a Christian because you, at one point in your life, really knew that you needed him that you were fresh out of options, that he was your only hope, that he was your last resort, and you came to him out of your great need and you trusted in him. But, you know, now that you've become a Christian, you have now this huge mountain of self-improvement to climb. And as you seek to scale this mountain of self-improvement, it doesn't get easier, it just gets harder. And so maybe there's something extra you need. Maybe you need some kind of spiritual upgrade to help you climb this mountain, a spiritual Sherpa to carry your pack up this mountain. Apostle Paul is reminding us, Christ Jesus is Lord. And he's been walking with people for 2,000 years now and Jesus is good at what he does. You see, growth as a Christian is not first about us changing. Growth as a Christian is first about us growing in our love for Jesus. Growth as a Christian is not about us scaling a mountain of self-improvement. We are not to be amazing for Jesus. We are to be amazed by Jesus. And as we're amazed by him, he will change us. He will sanctify us. He will conform us to his likeness. But it starts with Jesus Christ as Lord. It doesn't start with us climbing a mountain of self-improvement. You can almost, if you've been a Christian a little while, think sometimes that, you know, quite a good Christian now that um, perhaps even such a good Christian that you need Jesus less. But growth as a Christian isn't needing Jesus less. Growth as a Christian is needing Jesus more. Growth as a Christian is being 
a needy Christian. Growth as a Christian is being that kind of high-maintenance Christian, the kind of Christian that, that, that thinks, like, sometimes, isn't Jesus just sick of me? Isn't he tired of me coming to him again and again and again? No. The Apostle Paul is reminding these Christians and us this morning that Jesus Christ is Lord. And if he is Lord, he does not tire of us. He does not tire of us coming to him with dependence and with need, asking for help. Depending on Jesus is what Christianity is all about. Growing in our dependence on Jesus is what it is to grow as a Christian. Jesus is as committed to us now as he was when we first became a Christian. And if Jesus Christ is, was Lord when we first became a Christian, he's also Lord of us now. And we need all of him. And so I want us to be reminded who we are receiving. Because if this is a walk of reception, if we are receiving Christ Jesus Lord, we need to be reminded that he is the Christ, that he is the promised one of the Old Testament. He is the one whom God has promised to restore everything that is broken. God is not creating or recreating another Eden. Because Jesus is the Christ, he is rebuilding a glorious city, a new heaven and a new earth. World leaders met just recently in Glasgow for the UN Climate Change Conference. And if anything from that conference, what we're reminded of is that our world is broken. But Jesus Christ is Lord. He is the Christ. He is the promised one, the promised one who will restore this cre creation that is broken and this creation that is groaning. There's an excellent article um, in Eternity magazine uh, this, uh, that came out last week. And the writer says this, thinking of the kingdom that Jesus is bringing. He says, it's a kingdom with concrete promises of restoration for all that we've lost. The hope of this can fill us now as we continue to grieve what is failing. And as we train ourselves for this place, we can attend to this current world with new eyes of what is and what will be. Jesus Christ is the promised one. He's the Christ, the one who will restore our creation. He's promised by the Father, anointed by the Spirit, to be our Saviour and our King, and he is good at what he does. He is the Christ. And he's not just the Christ, he's Jesus Christ. He's like us in every way. He is human. He sympathises with us in weakness. He gives dignity. He doesn't shame. He's not clinical or detached. He doesn't just know us. He understands us. He's a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And he brings grace for every person. He's the Christ. He's Jesus and he's Lord. And we receive him as Lord. And we receive him as Lord of creation. This is in fact what Paul is getting to in the, in the earlier sections from chapter 1 verse 15 
19:21, he's the Lord of creation. He's the Lord of the church. He's the Lord of, re- of reconciliation. And he's our God. He's not our life coach. And so what we are saying we, when we confess that he is our Lord is that we're saying we're not bargaining with you, God. We're not giving you preconditions of how you have to come up to scratch with our, our kind of list before we think we can truly trust and follow you. No, we're saying that Jesus is Lord and we will accept him and we will trust him. And we are saying when Jesus is Lord that we are not, that, uh, that the idols of our world are not. We are saying when we say that Jesus Christ is Lord, we are saying we want new management. We're saying we ourselves can't be trusted to run our own show. We want Jesus running our lives because I want to ask you, are are you a hopeless case? Well, if you are, good. Jesus is an expert in helping people like that. Are you incapable of changing? Good. Jesus is an expert at helping people like that. And are you only giving yourself to him reluctantly? That's okay. This is the wonderful thing, that Jesus Christ is Lord. When we submit to him, he takes us so gently and so wonderfully and he allows us to see the magnitude of who he is and what he means for our lives. We don't get that all at the start. We don't get that even after we've been Christians for some time. We're growing in the reality of what it means for Jesus Christ to be Lord. And whether we fully understand what that means or whether we think we fully understand what that means, it doesn't matter because he's never afraid to receive. We ought never be afraid of coming to him because he won't receive us reluctantly. He receives us with joy. His heart is tender. And so we need to ask ourselves the question, have we come to the Lord Jesus? Is he our Lord? Is he our Christ and our Saviour? George Whitfield in the 19th century was an Anglican preacher and he was at university at the University of Oxford and he was a very conscientious man, a man that wanted to be doing the right things. And he was part of this club with the Wesley brothers, this well, they're called the Holy Club. And, and they were really seeking God. And so they thought that the best way that they could seek God was to be very serious about what they did to fast and to be so strict with themselves that um, Whitfield says that he injured himself. Such was his seriousness to attempting to get close to God. But it didn't work. For all the harsh treatment of themselves, their fasting, you know what he felt like? He didn't feel like a spiritual person 
he felt like a failure. But when he came to realise that Jesus Christ was Lord and all he needed to do was receive, to trust in him, this is what he says. He says, God was pleased to remove the heavy load, to enable me to lay hold of his dear son by living faith. Faith, Oh, what joy filled my soul when the weight of sin fell off and the love of God broke onto my disconsonant soul. What relief he felt. Jesus Christ was Lord. Jesus Christ was Lord of his life. And becoming a Christian was receiving Jesus, was trusting in him. And so we need to go back to where we started. We need to continually go back to where we started, to continually keep trusting in the Lord Jesus. And as we do that, the Apostle Paul paints this picture. It's not just a walk of reception. It's secondly a walk of growth. And there's this picture that Paul paints there of this tree, of there in verse 7, of being rooted and built up in him. I can't help but think that the Apostle Paul had someone in mind where he talks about the blessed person, the happy person, being like a tree planted by streams of water which yield their fruit in season. The Apostle Paul wants us to keep walking in him, to receive him, but as we receive him, to place our roots deep within him and to continue to do that because, as you know, the, the breadth, breadth of the proportion of a tree is equal to what? It's equal to the roots that are under it. As much as a branch extends on a eucalypt tree, uh, you can be pretty safe to assume that the roots extend that distance as well. And so we're reminded here that we have a walk of reception, of receiving the message that Jesus Christ is Lord. And as we do this, this is a walk that grows us. It's a, it's a walk of growth as we place and sink our roots deep down into the grace of the Lord Jesus. See, we don't know what's around the corner for our lives, but we do know this. We will fail him, but he won't fail us. We will tire, but he won't tire of us. And so we as Christians, as we grow, we sink our roots deep in the Lord Jesus. We are to continue trusting that Jesus Christ is Lord. And in many ways, we complicate things. We lay burdens on ourselves, on, uh, on one another. But I think what the Apostle Paul here is doing is he's just peeling back all those layers, all that complication, that complication of expectation, of self-punishment, and he's reminding us that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he won't give up on us, that God's grace is enough for us. Because sometimes we feel like we've got this fixed stock of grace that, yes, like I received Christ Jesus as Lord and the grace of God was given to me, but 
as I live my life, this, in the ledger of my life, this amount of grace is just slowly ebbing away. It's plummeting, in fact. But Jesus Christ is Lord. And as John reminds those that he writes to, from his fullness, we have received grace upon grace. See, when you plant your roots deep in the Lord Jesus, we're reminded of the wonder that it is to be forgiven, to be beloved, to be chosen, to be adopted, that we belong. This is what we grow in, that we are his and he is, your, and, and he is yours. And when we sink our roots deep in the Lord Jesus, we're built up in him. And finally, and just very briefly, the third mark of growing in a Christian, as a Christian, is one of thankfulness. Uh, you see there in verse th- 7 that we're to be overflowing with thankfulness. A healthy Christian walk is one that spills, overspills with gratitude. See, a thankless spirit is one for which false teaching can creep up in. See, thankfulness as a Christian is not simply a matter of manners. It's not, you know, being polite to God. Thankfulness is a strengthening reality. Thankfulness in the reality of what we have in the Lord Jesus, being reminded of that, that strengthens us, that grows us, that protects us from false teaching. It protects our hearts. So let me finish with just four verses to remind us of our thanksgiving in him. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 5, always giving thanks to God the Father from everything, for everything, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews 13, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving. And Colossians 3, verse 16, let the message of Christ dwell richly among you as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, through psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Amen. We're going to pray.